0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Speak Plainly Podcast, where we speak plainly about things that matter. I'm your host, Owl Medicine, and in today's podcast, we're going to be talking about me. Um, We're actually going to be talking about my experience of last week, because it's January. It's the middle of January. It's real cold. And we broke the record for how cold it is where I live out here in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, in this town, Squim, it got down to six degrees. And I think the record before that was like 11 or 13 or something. It doesn't get that cold because we're just a few miles from the water. And usually that keeps things pretty temperate. But this year it got cold, even though it's supposed to be like El Nino and all that. So... An interesting thing happened when it got cold. One, I am in a house, and I am very happy and glad to be in this house because it got real cold. But that also means I'm, like, alone, and uh, there is no Wi-Fi here, and there is terrible cell phone signal. So if I want to watch a YouTube video, I have to pull it up, drop it down to, like, the lowest possible, like, um, fidelity essentially, and then wait 20 minutes for it to actually upload or buffer rather. And that gives you uh, basically a lot of time alone. And that's exactly what I've had. And I've, I'm have i happy for it. I'm glad because I've had a chance to practice my music. I've had a chance to make sure to do my meditations and my movement practices. And I built a schedule. And for the most part, I've done a really good job of sticking to that schedule. And on my bad days, it's been because I hadn't stuck to that schedule. Um. And I'm putting together why. And this is kind of why I wanted to do the podcast or what I wanted to do the podcast on this week. I already had um, two outlines done for a podcast to do today. One on the parentified child and another on your brain and music or your brain is music, however you want to put it. But because of my experience this last week, I wanted to talk about that because it seems timely because what happened is on the coldest day that day that it was 6 degrees I got really weird emotionally I got very weird and I didn't enjoy it it was not a pleasant experience and I couldn't shake it and I I was doing my movement stuff and I didn't go outside enough cuz it was freezing cold and um I just wasn't able to shake this, this feeling, this really gross, very kind of terrifying feeling. It was – I don't like it. I did not like it at all. And eventually, I, whenever I have a feeling like that that I can't shake – Usually I can shake it with one of my practices, either a meditation or a yoga nidra or a progressive muscle relaxation or a physiological sigh or just calling a friend. I can um, either get rid of it or at least ride out the wave until that wave is gone um, with one of those tactics. But, man, it wasn't working. It was not working. And when I run out of options and I go, okay, None of my usual crap is working right now. I go, okay, well, what is causing this? And I used to go straight to what's causing this. And sometimes I still do because uh, I like to know things. But over the years, I've learned that finding out the cause for why I'm feeling what I'm feeling is only sometimes helpful. So now that's a little lower on the tier list of like important things to do when I'm feeling some type of way. But This time, couldn't shake it, so I wanted to figure it out. And when I do that, I look at myself as close as possible, and then I back up and I do a few layers of uh, observation to see where I might be missing something. And in this case, I started with me being like, okay, now I've eaten, I've slept, I've, I've moved, I've taken like decent care of my body today. I'm not over caffeinated, I'm not dehydrated, and those are the things I look at. I'm I'm not in physical danger, I'm not in any of those things that are immediate to me. So then what? Then I back up and I go, okay, well, let me look at the whole day. What have I done today? What's happening? And and I was like, "Well, I, I'm in the, I'm in the house, and I didn't move as much as I should have. Maybe that's it. Maybe, I don't know." And it wasn't, it wasn't becoming clear until it. And I was like, "Okay, well, zoom out a little bit more. What's going on on a larger scale? On a big, on a big like monthly or seasonal or cycle, cyclical um, scale? Cyclical, as in a much larger cycle than just my day." or my my interpretation or experience of the day. And that's when I realized, oh, holy shit, it's really, really cold. And I was like, all right, well, okay, cold. It's really cold, like absolutely cold. Cold is winter. Winter is metal. And metal is grief. And then it all started to make sense. It all started to make sense because I was really missing key my my dog my daughter my my girl i spent a lot of the day upset and crying and sad and angry and fearful and really guilty really really guilty i felt guilty for everything i had done wrong everything i thought i had done wrong the way I had raised Key, I felt horribly guilty the whole day. And I was in grief about it. And this is where some of the intelligence of our language pops in because it's like I'm giving myself grief. I spoke with my mom, I'm talking about giving ourselves grief, I spoke with my mom a few months back Probably some maybe more than that, no, six, eight months back. I called her because I was having a really, really hard day, actually, around Key again. And it was the first time in my life that I'd ever called my mother because I had a bad day. And that was really cool. It was really cool for me. And when I called her and talked to her, I called her because I wanted to speak to somebody who understands the pain of making decisions that you regret and having to live with them. And my mother definitely knows that. She definitely knows that pain, burying her oldest son and them not even really being on speaking terms for years and years, like a decade before that. And he died in his early 20s. So that tells you how long. And how hurtful that must have been. And when I spoke with her then, she told me a, a, quite a few things. And we actually laughed toward the end, which is a great sign for healing, especially, um, well, any kind of healing, but healing from grief as well. And she just told me, I can't do that to myself. You can't do that to yourself. you you, you got to... You got to accept it for what it is and accept you for what you did and her for how much she loved you. And you can't just beat yourself up over it, which is now what I call giving myself grief. But this is the center of the topic, grief. And when it forces its way into our lives, because... I've dealt a lot in my life with grief and with dying, and it's never fun. <laughs> That's the thing it's It's never fun. It is probably the single most difficult and uncomfortable emotion slash process that I have experienced or go through, like regularly. And I think that's true for everybody, which is why wintertime, I think, is the time for grief, because no matter where we are, if you go to a restaurant right now and you sat down and you looked around, you'd see a bunch of people sitting with a bunch of other people and most of them would be on their phone. And... But they're still in the room, kind of. But when you talk to them, sometimes it really is like, yeah, where are you right now? And it's because their mind's off in some virtual world and some digital space, because so much of our world is virtual and digital. But it's where we put our attention that matters, because even though we're physically sitting in a room with a bunch of other people or sitting around a dinner table with a bunch of other people, unless unless we're actually putting our attention on what is immediately in our environment and then we're missing out on what's in our immediate environment. And grief is a very long process and it's so uncomfortable. I think it is totally human nature that we don't do it. I've done a whole podcast before on grief and how we, as a society, as a culture, have completely forgotten, at best, how to grieve. I don't think that we have properly grieved, and I don't think that we have a way to properly grieve as a culture. And... Even if we did, I think that grief would still come up in the winter because I don't think that these Chinese associations are magical. I think that they are practical at their heart. I think that's why they work. That's why they have worked for thousands of years is not because of some magical ethereal influencers. There's... I think it's very practical, and you know, I've I've been having this other conversation too about astrology and how I people have been asking about how um, the different signs have moved, and they're like, "Well, I used to be a Sagittarius and now I'm a Scorpio or whatever," and they want to know why they're like, "It doesn't fit me. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm. I'm not a Scorpio. That doesn't resonate with me at all." But with where the stars sit in the sky, then I'm supposed to be a Scorpio. So how does this make sense? And I'm going to do a whole other podcast on this in the future. But I think it has a lot to do, like much more to do with what's happening during a certain time of year in a certain culture than it does where the stars are. I think the stars were just a roadmap to tell us what time of year, something like these different things were happening. And like Leo's always in the middle of summer and Sagittarius is right through the solstice time, right up to solstice time. And I think those have large impacts. And I think those are the impacts that we see in our astrology and In the same way that I think there is a very practical reason for the influence of astrology or maybe the influence is the wrong word. But for the accurate mapping of astrology to events in life um, and the world, I think the same thing happens with Chinese medicine in grief because it is so uncomfortable. I think that we go a very, very long way out of our way um usually subconsciously to avoid grieving which is the process of going through the emotion of grief where the process of going through joy the emotion of fire totally different that's that's fun right and we can even go through pensiveness and there is even can be an edge of fun to that because we can find it exciting if we get the right mindset. But with grief, ooh, no, there is no fun to be had there. There is no mindset that makes it easier. There, there is nothing. There is just grief. There is just pain. There is just loss. There is just guilt. There is just whatever it is that you are holding holding on to that connects you to this person or this thing or this loved one or this dog that you can't let go of. And it hurts. It hurts deep, man. And I think that is why Chinese medicine associates grief with winter is because it is the time that we are cold and alone and have the least amount of distractions. And just like the people in a restaurant not paying any attention to the people they're sitting at dinner with, it's where we put our attention that matters. And in the dead of winter, in the coldest night, I had one of the hardest emotional days I'd had in months. And so I decided when I realized it was the connection of cold and winter and grief, I went, okay, yeah, coldest day of the year, the day I'm grieving hard. I was grieving key and my failure as a parent for her, hard, hard, man. And so I just decided to make a Facebook post about it, which is not something that I do very often as far as like making a personal thing like that put out on Facebook, maybe once a month or so-ish, if that. And I'll delete Facebook and Instagram for months most of the time. And I, I prefer it that way. And when I have been sharing things, it's usually about the book. But now that the book is over, I'm not posting about that. I'm not posting about much of anything. So this was a outside of my shows. Whenever I'm performing a show, because now I'm a musician and I'm playing shows places, which is super exciting for me. But there is no there is no distraction for the grief. So I made a post, and man, if. Like literally almost every single person that I, I know and love around here that was experiencing the same thing that I was experiencing, the coldest day of the year and probably the coldest day of many years for many of us. Probably not the coldest day of many years for me, but the coldest day for many people here. Most people move here because there is no snow. It's snowing like crazy outside right now. <laughs> Um, it's been snowing for a couple of days, which is mad. Usually it's a little sprinkle and it's gone, but this was cold, cold, man. And when I put that post out there, it seemed like everybody and their brother was struggling in the very same way that I was, which just gave me so much validation. Um, I'm sure that they weren't uh crying over how they raised Key. I'm sure that they all had their own crap that they were dealing with. And when I talked to them, they did. Everybody had some of the weirdest and hardest days that they'd had in a long time. And it was around the coldest day of the year. Now, I really love doing a a deep dive intricate, like, here's something I want to Teach that I think is worth knowing for everybody on these podcasts. And I love doing those, but there's only so many of those that I can do that I really actually think are worth putting out. And my experience with my new Pixel phone is when I swipe left, I think it's, I don't, whichever direction from my home screen. I wind up with a bunch of news articles, not even news, just yeah, they're just articles about new cool things in science or physics or whatever. Because my phone knows me and it knows what I'm interested in, right? Like the algorithms that got me on lock. But what I've noticed is there is a bunch of stuff from like USA Today or Forbes and these like these really big magazines and or journals, whatever you want to call them, that publish articles and the articles say nothing, nothing. It drives me mad. I love that my phone, I can say, hey, Google, read this aloud, and it will read it aloud for me. But but, long story short with all those things is I don't want to add more just like frivolous crap into the world. So I'm going to leave this as it is because there's nothing that profound outside of I just want to share with you guys that there are forces bigger than us like Seasons – that have a massive impact on us. They have a huge impact on what we do, what we experience, the way that we experience it. And this was a perfect example of the connection that the Chinese saw in winter being a time for grief and a time of grieving. And I think the functional reason for that is not magical. I think it's that it's really the single most unpleasant emotion that we have and we'll do anything to avoid it because that's what it means to be alive seek pleasure and avoid pain and grief sucks it sucks so we avoid it until we can't (laughs) so it seems like in the dead of winter on the coldest night if you find yourself really struggling through your emotions and struggling with something you can't shake probably something that you need to grieve maybe it's grief itself or maybe like in my case it's my guilt over the way i parented Key. that was what i needed to grieve um, and Key, in general i learned i needed to grieve the thing that actually made me feel better was when i put it all together and realized it was grief and then I thought about Key more and cried harder because I'd been crying about her all day, um, just couldn't stop from crying. Uh, I got aggressive randomly at one point. That was interesting. Um, all because of grief. And when I realized it was the grief and I looked, and I realized it was obviously Key focused, I also realized that I'd never done a funeral for her. And let this be the, the last bit that you get out of this. This is going to be a short one, but if you are struggling with with it, you have some grief, try to make a plan to address it. Just having a plan makes things better or even if you change your mind later about the plan. Try planning something out because I decided to plan a funeral for Key. I don't have the funeral planned. I have ideas in my head of how I want to do it because I have her ashes. They're actually behind me they're on the bed I've literally been sleeping with Key's ashes for three days because I miss her so much and I'm not fully ready to let go but when I am I will and I will do it mindfully consciously and I'll be as present as I can be so If you're feeling some type of way, on your cold, dark night of the soul, on the coldest day of the year, look to grief. See what you might be grieving. See what you might have not grieved. And remember, stay curious and stay uncomfortable.